In a follow-up to last week's episode where we discussed Ann Coulter's grim prediction on Donald Trump's 2024 presidential run, today we're going to discuss her appearance on the Tim Pool podcast along with fellow guest Dinesh D'Souza in which he pushes back a bit against Ann Coulter's predictions. We're going to give our take and our commentary on them too and their little back and forth that they have. We're going to give our thoughts on the movie that Dinesh D'Souza was there to promote, Police State, another movie written and directed by him. As you remember, we covered his last movie, 2000 Mules, and all of this with the context of me having started to read in Trump with Trust as we discussed last week's episode just to give some more context to the whole conversation let's get into it yo this is hanging with apes an audio apes podcast real talk real topics no limits audio apes music with no boundaries what's up everybody this is k cartoon this is rx phonics we are the audio apes and you are officially hanging with apes a weekly tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics current news and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about here on the show, please share it with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So today is going to be a quick episode. We're just going to do a follow up on what on what we discussed last week. Uh, Last week, we discussed Ann Coulter's predictions that she made as far as Donald Trump's 2024 presidential run on the PBD podcast over at Valuetainment. Um, we went in depth about a lot of the things that we that she mentioned. You could go back and check out the episode. It was last week. A uh, few things that stood out in particular. Uh, she said that she feels that once voting starts in the primary season, that Donald Trump will no longer keep the lead and Ron DeSantis would will catapult ahead of Donald Trump. She said that historically, name recognition leads in the polls until the voting actually starts when it comes to the primary season. And she goes on to give some legit examples of when and how that has taken place. Um, she said some things that I think were a little bit outlandish. She said that she feels that Trump still would have lost the election even if the virus didn't happen. You and I both found that to be a little bit uh, wacky. Um, So I I don't know what she's... All she seems to be doing lately is promoting her substack. It's not like she has anything major. Yeah in the works um but that's what she promoted on the pbd podcast and then that's what she promoted again on the tim pool podcast whereas dinesh d'souza he was there promoting his movie now i know um 
as far as the discussion and the context of the discussion, you didn't see the whole episode. Yeah. Um, and I know you didn't get to the part where Dinesh D'Souza actually starts to talk about the movie. But it's funny because I actually was gonna send was gonna send everybody a link. I know like our our friends have no freedom, but I was gonna send everybody <laughs> a link because Dinesh D'Souza in, in, in when he's promoting his movie The Police State, which essentially is him talking about how the United States is becoming a police state in the sense that a lot of the intelligence agencies, a lot of the law enforcement agencies, a lot of the agencies that are put in place, the apparatus and institutions that are there to serve the American public and American citizens have sort of now been used against them. And yeah, obviously the movie's going to talk about it. I'm sure it's going to talk a lot about January 6th and like how there are people that were just there that didn't even go in the Capitol that ended up getting arrested or getting yeah. interviewed by the FBI and all kind of stuff like that. So I'm actually looking forward to it because I was actually very much impressed by 2000 Mules. Yeah. And I've been impressed by a lot of his other movies. Granted, I do know that his movies are very under the radar and they don't get a lot of publicity. I think it's to the point where the the legacy media won't even like do reviews of the movie. And yeah. if they do do a review, they completely trash it, label it conspiracy theory, so on and so forth. But that doesn't affect my perspective and how I see the movie. But one thing he said about the movie, because it's only it has a it's going to have a limited release in in theaters. And uh, he was like, I recommend people going with a group of people because it's a movie that's going to invoke a lot of good conversation amongst friends and like minded people. Wow. So I was I was thinking as I was like, oh, I would send this link. <laughs> To my friends, <laughs> but they don't have any free. <laughs> Where they at? <laughs> but, Where they uh, at? But yeah, so it was just it was interesting, and uh, and then um, they they went in. Him and Ann Coulter got into a little bit of a of a back and forth. Um, I kind of see what you're saying about you not liking her. There are a lot of moments. See, it's weird. I guess like a lot of times I've given her the the benefit of the doubt because most of the time that I see her speaking, I see her speaking to people or around people that I know in that particular realm, she's far more advanced than they are. Yes. But in this circumstance, when she's talking to Dinesh D'Souza, there were moments that she did come off as very dismissive and sort of and yeah. uh and smug. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I don't know, you're not like this is a very smart guy. And so like I would I would be like yeah. a little bit more I don't know, I guess the word would be respectful. Yeah, yeah. If you talk to Trump that way, you know, like what do you think you know, because a lot of Trump's things or a lot of Trump's um uh, criticisms of her is like she's hard to please like yeah. she's always like nagging about stuff and it's like well like you're one person out of many people that consult with the president and advise the president 
the world doesn't revolve around UN. And so I'm not saying that she doesn't have good points on, on, on the border, but I am saying that you are one of many advisors. Yeah. And as a as the guy that has to talk to all these people, you have to kind of find common ground within within everything and with all the people that are advising you. Yeah. You're not always gonna get what you want, is what I'm saying. And so yes, there were I did get to the although I did not watch all of it, I did see certain points where like she she did dismiss some of the stuff Dinesh was, was saying like on immigration when he was saying like yeah you know i probably if if i wanted a better life i would immigrate because like i would legally immigrate because like they're just letting you in yeah and so why wouldn't you exactly and then she's like no no i don't think that you would like he's he's answering his answer right you're not gonna speak for him exactly you know and and then he he started giving like examples on what he meant like analogies and uh she was like, no, not, not good examples. I was yeah. like, what? like, are you listening to what he's saying? Or are you just so stuck on the way that you view the world that, that like, that's the, exactly. That's going to be the problem with you is just like, yeah. And I see what you're saying because like when somebody displays or, or responds to somebody's genuine answer in a condescending manner like that, it, it it is a little bit off-putting. Yeah, yeah. And again, Dinesh Souza, that motherfucker's a smart dude. Like, I would, and, and and let's put it this way: me listening to the stuff that Ann Coulter has to say, or or us discussing that, she's brash, she's bold. I don't like her style a lot, but because the content is there, I respect that. Yeah. So I'm willing to hear it out. And if I was in front of her, like I'd be like, no, you bring up a good point. Your points are valid. or You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to, it's a give and take on, on what you're learning from someone, even if you don't like their style or, or they don't rub you the right way or, or they rub you the wrong way, rather. Like, you, you still have to respect the intellect and respect where they're coming from and the stuff that they've accomplished. Yeah. And so to me, that's where certain moments she comes off as like a coastal elite like mm -hmm. everything is nice and like you're not really a ground floor type of person even though you understand the ground floor you're not yeah. you know but trump i mean trump has that same thing but trump doesn't come off that way no well think. and it's interesting you brought that up because that is one of the very points that dinesh d'souza made when he was countering her argument as far as Trump and as far as what he can and what Dinesh D'Souza believes he will accomplish in the primary season. Yeah. And and he talks about how he rocks with both DeSantis and Trump. He said that when he had his case against the Obama administration, Dinesh D'Souza, he said DeSantis was in Congress at the time and he was very helpful to him. But he says that that DeSantis comes off as a bit of I know more than you. Like I'm I'm the smartest guy in the room. Like he comes he comes off as a little bit uppity. And he said for the glitz and glam of Trump's life, he comes off as like incredibly relatable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you see, cause sometimes when he speaks to people or 
or some of the supporters, he's very like, oh, here's the mic, like, yeah, oh, like, what did your son do for the country? Oh, like, this is uh, this is this person, like, man, he just seems like real down to earth. Yeah, and 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 Danessa Souza went on to give an example of how when Trump met with Kim Jong Un, he said. If it was a regular politician, let's say DeSantis or anybody else, after meeting Kim Jong-un, the speech would have been, well, you know, we got together and we talked about the humanitarian crisis affecting the country. Uh, We want to go about things very diplomatically and blah, 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 boring, boring, boring. He's like, but Trump meets him. And he's like, I gave him a CD and I asked him, does he know what Rocket Man is? And it's like, he's he basically, he's <laughs> yeah. like, he comes off and, and he speaks in a way where people would be interested in it versus just kind of zoning out. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because a lot of Middle Eastern people, Middle Eastern Muslims uh, in particular, liked that about trump like he's he says how it is and we like that and we respect that and doesn't come off as a guy who who thinks he's better yeah and i forgot what president it was i know what we've spoken about it on on this episode that like uh on this episode no not not i mean uh, on this show um (coughs) trump being republican and republicans always being like the i mean americans in general always been a lot more pro-Israel. Obviously, they're they're an ally. Um, Trump was very respectful of the culture and and very like he came off that way and genuine and and people respected that. Whereas Joe Biden came off as not not so much like yeah. And so it, it's funny because being president is really a people person's job. It is. It's talking to people. Like and, and but, discussing things. So now we're, you're going to get into like some interesting territory because it is. And like we just discussed how and gave an example of how colloquial Trump is when it comes to his speech and, and, and how he he expresses himself to the American public, even though his life. And his background is not that of the ordinary American, right? Yeah. Now, it's interesting because you connect that to some of the stuff that Ann Coulter says in Trump We Trust. Because after last week's episode, remember we discussed it. I don't know if we talked about it on air or if we talked about it in pre- or post-production. But I how I was saying that I wanted to read the book, even though I know the material would be kind of obsolete now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it, it was written about the 2016 campaign, obviously. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the material going into it, I knew it would be, I knew it would be a little bit obsolete. But it's not a long read. But a lot of the stuff still very much applies. Um, and one thing that she talked about. Because I haven't finished it yet, but one thing that she talked about as far as how Trump is and his relatability, I thought it was it was very, very interesting the way she framed it. And I don't know if she framed it in a way because in this particular way that I'm about to discuss because 
she doesn't have kids or or what it is exactly. But I have thought this before and I think she's on to something. So she goes on and she gives examples. She quotes the politicians either like a speech they gave or or a debate around the time. Chris Christie, yeah. Rubio, uh, uh, um, uh, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah. And Kasich, she, maybe. <laughs> Kasich, she yeah. does. She she does uh, quote Kasich, and uh, she talks about how they all go on. At some point, either in a speech or in the debate, when they're about to talk about a major issue or a question they were asked by by the press or the moderators, they go on to preface their answer with talking about their kids, like and and especially their daughters. And she she pointed that out. She's yeah. like, she's like, do these guys like not have sons? Because they all keep saying, oh, I was I talked to my daughter. And I wanted her thoughts on that. It was kind of like, in a way, to her, to Anne, it came off as like trying to pander to women almost. Yeah. And she said that it was very refreshing that Trump yeah. never really talked about that. It's just like, yeah, like, yeah, you know my family. I have a family, but like, we're not here for that. Exactly. And what's so interesting based and red pill about that is like that while... We've talked about it in our personal lives before, but like, I know that you and I, we go about life in that same manner where we always look at men and, and accomplished men as like, for the issues, yeah, what they're good at and like not all that other stuff. Cause like people are not going to vote for that. Like people yeah. don't care about that. I don't give a fuck about even though they think they are, even though they think they are, and they think they are because they get these research groups that come in, these research and survey groups, and come in and tell them, "Oh, well, this is what people care about, and this is what you got to say." And she said that Trump threw all of that out of the window. He didn't. He didn't care what the survey group said or this research group said. And she goes on to give a great ass example of how, for success, you shouldn't really follow that all the time. And she goes on to, and I know about this uh, uh, very well because I'm a big fan of, of of the Seinfeld show. She goes on to say how when Seinfeld first uh, was aired to a test audience, it bombed. Like every all of the test audience were like, "Yeah, like no, I wouldn't rewatch this show." Damn, are you serious? Yeah, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, and 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 luckily NBC went on and they took a chance on Seinfeld and Larry David. But if they would have just went off the test audience, one of the greatest shows ever in history would have never seen the light of day if they would have just went. And so that's nuts. And she goes on to give that example. And it's, I think it's a great ass example because it's the same thing. Imagine if Trump was the type of politician that would be like, Oh, well, this is what they say people like. And I shouldn't versus, No, it's because he rails against all of that that makes him so appealing. Yeah, yeah. Albeit abrasive at times. Yes. But I think I think there's a lot of people that like that. And what I also dug as far as like where I'm at in the book so far, she talks about how when it comes to the major issues and, and the issues that are important to people, 
relatability it really doesn't matter that much like i think what dinesh d'souza means with trump as far as relatability and in terms of relatability kind of more so boils down to like him being a people person yes and how he operates with people and he doesn't really ever come off as smug he comes off with smug he comes off as smug to people who are are, are like that with him yes his main merchandise is a trucker hat exactly how down earth is that like that is so you know like how how understanding is that like okay like my base and my the people that would be inclined to vote for me exactly stuff like that but as far as relatability he never felt trump never felt the need like she goes on to give the example of marco rubio so oh i know what it's like i've seen my parents work minimum wage and this this and that and they all kind of you notice a lot of politicians run that script yeah. and it's just like dude like this is not doing anything for me like i don't care like i don't care if your parents were billionaires i don't care if they were dirt poor i really like people don't really care about that because there's an invasion on the southern border that yeah. might be i feel like maybe that methodology would work if we're in a time where like Things are like chill. Like maybe, maybe the 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 Bush the Bush Gore uh, uh, election. Yeah. Maybe you could get away with it then, because it's different. It, it, at least in my recent memory and and in my research and me being into history and stuff and especially political history, I would say that's the the like the least tumultuous election cycle because like things were relatively like, smooth around yeah. like domestically things were smooth internationally they weren't too chaotic so yeah. it was just like all right well i guess you know we could like care about that type of shit yeah. you know i guess talking about my minimum wage job having parents is okay yeah you know because it might it might do something yeah, but world war three isn't on the but, horizon but but when the shit has hit the fan I, yeah. nobody cares about that yeah and and the thing is too it's like it's the points it's the bullet points of what it is that you, like the politician is going <clears> to <throat> do for you yeah i don't care about and i i did i always did find that jarring because it's like very staged very yeah you know i I remember me and my wife, we used to drive the bus. I, like, I, I don't give a fuck. Like, get to the point. Get to the fucking point. And, and, and um, same thing when they bring up their families. Like, oh, I was talking to my daughters. and Yeah. No I man gives care. a fuck about that for sure. And I don't care what your teenage daughter thinks. Like, she does, it, like if you're listening to her, there's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's an issue here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like if you're taking foreign policy from her, like yeah. that's there's probably not good. Yeah. And and you know, and and as a result, none of those people won. You know, yeah. Trump that one. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff too was was um calling a spade a spade when it came to stuff. Like, yeah, Europe is going through that because they let all these Muslim immigrants come in. And now motherfuckers are getting stabbed up. The problem is Islam. I always, I always remember that because that shit made so many headlines. And all he did was get the world's eyes on him. And then he was like, well, you know, Muslims are good. It's just radical Islam. But he did not say it like that at first, but he knew. He was like, I know how to get the the eyes on, on, on when it comes to this situation. Yeah. And so he's just, he was just very good 
at understanding the landscape, how to communicate to people, and how to kind of take the fluff off. Like, uh, this, this is filler, get rid of this, get rid of that. Um, this is what the problem is. Yeah. The woke shit. The, the fucking immigration's an issue. Um, we need to be great again. So we need to do better economically and on trade deals. Foreign policy, these motherfuckers want to be wild, blown up. That's what's going to happen. I don't, I don't care. Try me. And it was like, these are all very straight to the point. You know, n- nobody cares about what your family's going to think about if, if there's a terrorist attack. What are you going to do for people in America so they can feel safe? That's what matters. And so the reason I don't like it now, granted, like if you say something and it's, and it comes off genuine and you could pull it off, that's fine. But you made a very good point is a lot of politicians. You could just tell this is like to it's scripted. Yeah. Yeah. To kiss ass, to pander. And it's like, well, that's something that money can't buy, um, is being genuine. Yeah. Like either you have it or you don't, and and that's one strength that Trump has over a lot of politicians because you don't really and, and especially in 2016 going against everybody. That's why he was so scary. Not only because he was in your face, but also because he like you just didn't know. Like he kept it so real that you just didn't know what he was going to say next. Yeah. And then when he said it, and he would shut down the, the 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 moderators when they would try and like put him in a corner, and he would just like fight out of it because he yeah. was just keeping it real. You don't see that a lot. You don't see that a lot. And so that's something that Ron DeSantis has a problem with because he likes a more controlled environment. If you've noticed, yeah, um, did not attack. Ramaswamy head on kind of let other people attack during the during the debates um that's something that you're gonna have to face versus Trump if 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 you know it starts getting heated which I don't see it I don't see what Ann Coulter's saying but these are things that 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 do matter and that leave an impression on yeah. you yeah neither neither did Dinesh D'Souza he he was like yeah I, I really don't see that happening like what she thinks is going to happen like DeSantis is going to end oh, up yeah. taking the lead um what she say did she say anything or she just like no they just talked about it a bit but uh it was just it was just good to see somebody else that that is a, a heavyweight in the realm counter yeah and and now, you know i i i found that interesting um and again i continue to say that for as many legit points as I believe she makes, the one big, 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 big area that she seems to be a bit oblivious to, I don't know if it's denial or or she really just genuinely like can't see it and is legitimately oblivious to it, is uh, the fact that Trump got over 74 million votes. Like, Can't skip to- that. Yeah, it, to me, it's like if if, if after a twenty four seven news cycle for four years, scandal, controversy, everything manufactured that could be thrown at him, racist, 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 all of that, <laughs> and he garnered more votes than he did in twenty sixteen. 
the most votes any incumbent president has ever garnered. All of those people, like what has happened between then and now, other than January 6th, that would make them turn on him. Because I, I could see some people, like ignorant people, but I could see some ignoramuses be like, oh, well, I didn't, he, he caused January 6th or whatever. But I feel like a lot of people that I've heard talk like that about January 6th we're already not rocking with Trump. Yeah. Well, Ann Coulter kind of, when uh, she was on, um, when we, when we talked about the other episode, which was, uh, where was she on? She PBD. was on, uh, oh yeah, PBD. Um, she mentioned January 6th and alluded to it being Trump's fault. Yeah. I was like, what do you want? Yeah. So, because if you're going to be on that because you just don't like the man, then what makes you different from MSNBC, who you criticize? Or that motherfucker from the Lincoln Project. Yeah. 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 And so, to me, that's where you sound stupid. Because if we really are going to go on the slippery slope of January 6th is Trump's fault. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah. That's that's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous game to play. One that the left is playing one that the fbi and the cia are playing and it's not good for the country and so i think that you'd have to reevaluate or at least fix or reevaluate what you said because it sounded as if you were blaming it on trump and that that's just incorrect in every which way of the word because it's like no, it just wasn't his fault yeah uh, if, if, if that's his fault God, man. Well, uh, before we close out the episode, there was one thing sort of off topic, but I found it interesting that Tim Pool pointed out in the episode. Have you noticed, and it's interesting because I've noticed this. Have you noticed that culture, pop culture, certain like, just, you know, things like from T-shirts to, like, intellectual property that people are into. It all kind of seems to be pretty stagnant. Like, it, like there hasn't really been a lot of new stuff. It's sort of been, like, a lot of, like, regurgitation, reimagining, reboots of old stuff. Yeah. It's like the originality of stuff. Even of style of like dressing, it's it's it is pretty stagnant. Um, and then and then when there is like a hit, it's like very small. And then it's like for like maybe a month, and then it dies off. Like I remember what was that? Uh, Squid Games, uh -huh. was it? It was like oh, uh, but it it, it almost like it, it hits and then it's gone, and no one really gives a damn about yeah, it. Yeah, it's more like a trend. Than yeah. A well, Tim Pool said something that I thought was very interesting. He said that he saw some data of how society now in terms of culture isn't moving forward. And I guess what what the the people that compiled the data theorize is that 
is because people aren't having kids as much. And he was like, before the market trended towards what kids like. So it was like new stuff. And then the kids would take a lot of like what the parents would normally buy for themselves. They would spend the money on the kids for them to be able to consume what they like. But because so many people aren't having kids, the culture is sort of staying where like our generation is because if you notice like for instance that is weird like like i'll look at like maybe the only thing i and 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 so like because when he said that like the gear started turning and it is something that i've noticed before like i look at like people's t-shirts and like certain people have t-shirts and like the ones that pop and like you, you see like younger kids wear them, older people and people in our generation. It'll be like cultural references from our generation, but you don't see a lot of like t-shirts with characters and cultural references from now. Yeah. You know, and, and then and then he <clears throat> went on to give an example that I thought was very interesting. I'm a big Blink 182 fan, and he go he was talking about how Blink 182 because they they just put out they have an album coming out soon, and they put out a song, and it's like their fourth biggest hit of their whole career, and they're like in Damn. their they're going in their, they're I think they're approaching their fifties. What's the name of the song? You don't remember? Uh, well, I think one more time or something like that. Damn. And like, what's crazy about it? Is they still make last, very good music. Their, their last album was amazing. Yeah. I their last album was great. Uh, what I, uh, I want to say na, na, from seventeen, like it was yeah, yeah, yeah. But that song, that song was amazing. Bored, bored to death. Yes, that's bored to that, death. Yeah, that's yeah. a great ass song. I forgot the name of the album, but the, I, I remember that particular song. They had other cuts on there that were real good. But anyway, he said how there'll be new bands. And like Blink One Eighty Two will sell more and sell out more than new bands, and it's because our generation still wants what we like, and the the yeah. the, the market knows that. It's just like Kanye is forty something years old, yeah, and he's the it thing when yeah. it comes to the hip hop world, the pop culture world. Where are the new guys? Yeah, yeah. that is very weird. Um, and, and, and if you actually even analyze it from, from your eyes, like young kids are just not cool anymore. Yeah. They're not cool. Actually, they're like lame. Yeah. Like lame, soft, like no rebelliousness. Like, I don't know. They're miss, they're missing that pizzazz. Like I remember when we were kids, like. Your mom was like, yeah, just stay within this vicinity. And I'm like 20 million blocks away. Yeah. And follow the rules. Following the rules was not cool. And also it was part of like, well, shit, this is just like a big ass, vast ass world. This is like GTA. Yeah. Like what will happen? So at the very ripe age of five, I was selling drugs. I was like, no, <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, but like, like we just had that thing like where we, we were like, the unknown was badass. Whereas yeah. now kids stay home. They kids, fear it. Yeah, they fear being outside. They they're always online. Social media, not on social media, video games. It's a very coddled world. And then this is where like 
you bring in guys like um, Sandman talking about AI, AI girlfriends. That's where the future's trending. That's what because they don't really find interest in like the real world. Yeah, it's all digital. It's all the internet. That's the real world. Like, and and then like I, I think in um one of those episodes where the the based the the one that he listens to that we were talking about in pre production based camp based camp they were talking about how like they had a, a kind of a poll for people They're like well. Do you feel really feel that ugly? Says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, look, like, go to the mall, uh, compare yourself to most people, and then you'll kind of see where you're kind of at. And like, no, but those are regular people. No, but those are re- those don't count. <laughs> like, what That's counts? What the world is. But yeah, only what online says, where yeah. everyone's filtered and everyone looks perfect. It's it's like a it's a very flawed world view and uh-huh. and one that in every aspect of culture. If you look at it like that, you're not really looking at the real world. You're looking at the world that you choose to believe in, which is whatever video game you're playing, whatever. And then it's only going to get worse with artificial intelligence and AR, which they talked about in that episode too. Um, AR starts getting realistic. Like, fuck a, like a sex doll. You're now like a 42-year-old woman could now be 24. Yeah. In a video game. So everything you liked about her at 24, maybe in the real world, you're going to like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to date you because you're 45 past your prime. I'm not really into you in the, in, in AR with AI and all this technology, things change. Yeah. And it got so interesting because they were even talking about cheating. Like cheating will look different because, and this is stuff that we're not going to see because this is so far ahead. <laughs> People don't even think about this stuff. It was like, you might, have sex with your wife, right? But you you go through the whole AR thing, and it's like you're you're choosing the neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really having sex with your wife, but are you really though? So I was like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah, so it's wild. A lot of this stuff is moving towards that. Like people don't see it because people don't think ahead. But 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 like when a guy like Sandman's talking about it, like it's that's not a very it's a very smart guy. There's yeah. nothing dumb about him. Very high IQ individual. You can just tell just by the subject matter that he talks about. So if that's the trend, yeah, like culture is going to take a hit in the sense of there's nothing new. Everything that's new is on the internet. Yeah. It's kind of a matrix almost. So it is very interesting. Yeah. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening, so keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>